Well, everybody, I'd like to welcome you to Spirit Addicts. It is Chris Frazier and Taylor at Norvell Central. Um, obviously, if you haven't seen it and you're just now hearing about it, uh, Tatum, the linebacker from UCF, just uh, committed his transfer to Florida State. He's a UCF transfer, as I just said. He's a linebacker. Um, obviously, everybody knows the linebacker room needs help, and I believe this is a huge pickup for FSU. I know that Taylor agrees. Um, I think he finished the season with 108 tackles, something to that scenario. I think he led UCF and possibly even led the um, conference itself in tackles, if I'm not mistaken. It was either that or he's close, whichever. Regardless, he's a big pickup for FSU. Um, we would like to welcome welcome him aboard. Um, so Tribe 22 just keeps getting stronger and Obviously, it's not going to go towards your rankings. You know, you, they got to figure out a way to get this fixed to where when transfer kids come over, it should affect your class, in my opinion. Don't yeah. you agree? Yeah, I, I think it'll eventually do that. And I think, uh, if I remember correctly, 247 and Rivals are both going to be doing that in the near future. So that is something that you have to kind of monitor. But I think Florida State's eventually going to go away from, from taking a ton of transfers because they've gotten – the foundation of the program intact in now. So with Tatum Bethune there, you got two years remaining, like Chris was saying, 108 total tackles. This was absolutely phenomenal for Mike Norbell and the staff to hang on. And he was picking between Miami, Auburn, and also Florida State. Uh, he's actually from Miami Central High School. Um, the biggest thing there was Randy Shannon was the one that brought him into UCF when he was the defensive coordinator there. And he's a very in instinctive linebacker, great coverage skills, very good tackler in space. I think the one thing that he probably has to work on a little bit is uh, just wrapping up a little bit more in, in space. And also, he's a little bit slower on coverage, but I think that'll get better once he gets his foot speed up to speed. Um, but overall, you know, 108 total tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, two sacks and two interceptions. And that is probably the most productive linebacker that we've had that is committed or transferred to Florida State in quite some time. Um, I think this gives Omar Graham Jr. Uh, time to develop as a linebacker. I also think this takes a little bit more pressure off of a guy like Amari Gaynor. I think that DJ Lundy can effectively be able to um, to do this and, and be able to you know be a run stopper at an effective rate. And I think that this goes away from Florida State having to run so many nickel sets and having to put so much pressure on the defensive backs. So I think this is a huge win for Florida State. This is without saying. I know that a lot of people were disappointed in how we kind of finished the linebacker board and were only able to get Omar Graham Jr. I think Omar Graham Jr. is a tremendous talent. I think he's probably going to be a low four-star if, if it would have been uh, the right thing to do there. But unfortunately, he, he got stuck at a three-star, and I think that's probably where he'll end up. But uh, personally, I think that this is a huge haul for Florida State going forward, and I couldn't be more happier for Mike Norville and the staff for it to finally pay off. And uh, for most of the uh, people that were kind of doubting this staff in terms of linebacker recruiting, I think this kind of uh, slows it down a little bit, and I think you got an experienced linebacker that can come in there and contribute for two years. Uh, I think he will finish the two years because I don't really think he can be able to make it to the league necessarily right now. Um, but I think he does have the film to do it. I think he could if he wanted to, maybe a sixth or seventh round pick. But I think that he wants to get up to that third or fourth round pick. And uh, I think two years at Florida State would do wonders for him. Well, you know, I'm I'm personally excited 
for the staff itself, you know, with with um, Coach Marr moving on to Virginia Tech, and you know, bringing in Randy Shannon as the linebackers coach now slash uh, defensive coordinator. That's I'm not gonna lie to nobody. I was skeptical on it. I was wondering if it was a long term, you know, fix or. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We're gonna we're gonna see how this season goes, and hopefully, a, a couple of more without any uh, coaching changes. I would hope. Um, when I say any, I mean in that particular area. Um, I think Randy Shannon obviously has huge ties down in South Florida. He's the one that got him to UCF, like you had said. Um, I mean, a lot of people know that. So you're not losing on recruiting with Randy Shannon, especially down in South Florida. I mean, he obviously has that that area pretty locked uh another thing that I, I would like to i would like to bring to people's attention um amari gainer had a better season the year before last this previous season um i think them putting him in that new position i guess i would say it's a new position putting him in a different scenario situations i, I would you know i was surprised that he had as many issues in the beginning of the season as he did but I can kind of understand it too from what he was being asked to do, you know, the previous year to this year. It was a, a lot more responsibility and a lot more. Um, he had to analyze the field a lot quicker. Um, and I think getting closer to the end of the season, he started picking up on it a lot better. Yeah. I think he started um, really being able to to initiate what he was supposed to do and execute what he was supposed to do. And like you said, this given Omar time to, you know, People do not realize the difference in speed from high school to college. They don't realize how many actual grown men are playing college ball and how much quicker they are than these kids coming straight out of high school. Now, obviously, you get those crazy talents that come out of high school that are just ready to go. That's You know, you see it um, maybe every decade, one or two of them, uh, just depending on what position they're coming to play. But, guys, this is kind of what we're going to do in um, – Taylor's got a, a list of targets there in the transfer portal that uh, he thinks that we should be looking at Florida State-wise. Um, we're going to kind of break down the three wide receivers that were um, that just joined out of the transfer portal. I don't usually do the statistics part, but I want to kind of compare a little bit of statistics um, with everybody's worrying that we've got three average or some are saying below average wide receivers out of the transfer portal. And I can understand people's concern because with Span out of Illinois, um, he has a total of five receptions in his career. Uh, the thing that people need to know most, I think, um, and, and if I'm wrong, let me be corrected, but I'm pretty sure Illinois recruited him as a quarterback. Maybe. And then they decided to make a, a position change to make him a wide receiver. And also, he was dealing with um, some higher ankle injuries. Um, there was there were situations why he didn't play as much, and there's a reason why there's only five receptions. Yeah. Um, Taylor, I'm going to kind of just brief it just like that on, on the three wide receivers, the way I just okay. did with him, yeah. and then I'll let you go into more depth if you want to. Okay. Yes. Um, I'm not going to bring up Spans, how much his reception yards were or nothing like that. You can if you want, yeah. but. He had five receptions, so there's not much to talk about. Yeah. Um, but, guys, go watch Illinois. Um, go watch this past season. Watch any film on them. You can see – I mean, they 
in my opinion, they did have some pretty dynamic uh, wide receivers, and, and that's my opinion. Um, but there's a lot of reason why this kid didn't play a whole, whole lot or he didn't get a whole lot of receptions. Like I said, he was dealing with injuries and other things. Um, and in each one of these uh, wide receivers that I'm talking about, I'm giving you a scenario on why their um, production is not huge or why it will be at Florida State. So if you move on to um, Johnny, his last name is escaping me. Johnny Wilson. Wilson from Arizona State that transferred to Florida State as well. Um, in 2020, he had um, six receptions for 89 yards. His average was four. 18.8 yards. Um, his longest reception was 37 yards. Okay, so then the, the very next season, which was this past season, which is 2021, he had 12 receptions for 154 yards, one touchdown. His average uh, per catch was 12.8 yards. So I don't want people freaking out because it's it's low. So his freshman season was 2020. That's why you see six receptions. His The very next season in 2021, he also has dealt with a hamstring injury uh, throughout most of the season. And I'm going to let, after I'm done, but Taylor will give you more insight on how many games he actually played, um, things to that nature. But just keep in mind that he didn't play the full season. He didn't play uninjured. Um, and also, he's, you know, I think that 2020, being as big of a COVID year as it was, um, these kids pretty much – I don't even know if you call that a full season because it's not. So I don't hold it too much against them. So, yes, he only doubled his receptions, which is 12. Yes, some wide receivers get that in one game. And, no, none of the three wide receivers that we picked up in the transfer portal um, outdone any of the wide receivers. And I don't want to say any, but our leading uh, wide receiver, none of them have more yards. None of them have, you know – they're not just this dynamic player that's much better than something we've already got. With that being said, that's with the team that they were on. How Florida State's going to use a man that's six foot seven as a wide receiver, and I think is he's is forty times like a four nine, four eight, somewhere around there. To be six foot seven, two hundred something pounds, to be able to move that fast. Um, a lot of people are like, well, if he's that big, are we going to put him at tight end? If he's that big, can he get separation? Look, if you can throw the ball up. In fades, um, this man's going to be able to outbody most of your cornerbacks in the league, and, and that's that's again my opinion. I'm not saying you just lob the ball up there and hope that a, a, a five foot ten guy don't get in between you and the ball because everybody knows that's possible. You have athletes, and there are some really good corners back there. So I'm not saying it's just a go to every time that yes he's going to make a reception every time you throw in the ball, but he doesn't necessarily have to be. He doesn't have to have the separation that a guy that's five eight five nine has to have. He doesn't need that much separation. Or if he's got a half a step on somebody, it's good enough. Throw the ball to him, see what he can do. If you move on to um, Micah Pittman out of Oregon, it's kind of crazy. We I, I made the joke about it last time that we traded uh, Dillingham for Micah Pittman because I don't think it's fair to say that we traded Dillingham for um, Willie Taggart because that's not an even trade. As many of y'all might not like Coach Dillingham, um, he's young. I think he's a great offensive mind. I think he's going to become a really great offensive coordinator uh, and possibly a head coach one day. Um, so, anyways, my joke being is we traded Michael Pittman for Coach Dillingham. Um, 
Yeah, I'm I will say this too uh, about Coach Dillingham with uh, Micah Pittman and his recruitment. Uh, basically, Coach Dillingham, even though he went to Oregon, spoke very highly of Coach Morneville and also Florida State, was able to kind of lure Pittman and saying, hey, if you go to Florida State, you're going to be well taken care of. And you know that Jordan Travis is a very, very good quarterback. I think he's going to progress very well. And he basically bet his career on the line that Jordan Travis was going to produce for him and absolutely make him a quality receiver. And basically that speaks to how Kenny Dillingham believes in also Jordan Travis and also what he believes in Mike Norvell and this Florida State staff. He didn't just leave them high and dry. You have to understand that he's going to an Oregon offense and where he's able to call the plays directly because Dan Landing has no idea what to do on the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball is his specialty. So, you know, you bring in a quality guy that knows what he's doing, a close friend. Uh, actually, Kenny Dillingham was the best man for Dan Lanning's wedding. So that's something that you have to really think about. They have a really close relationship with one another. And it took him a couple of days to decide if he was going to go to Oregon. So that was just a big thing for Mike Norvell um, and this staff. And, you know, they were able to promote Alex Atkins and the relationships are still there with Pittman. But, his relationship with Dillingham and Dillingham telling him, hey, you need to come to Florida State to do this was huge. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's just speaking of the character between all of those guys. You know, obviously Dillingham had a, a great relationship and does have a great relationship with Coach Norvell. But like Taylor just said, he was the best man at Lanning's wedding. So, obviously, they're close, you know, outside of football. So, um, I wish Coach Dillingham nothing but the best. And I think it was kind of cool because even though after Coach Dillingham had uh, started moving to Eugene and, um, you know, even started posting up stuff with um, his Oregon gear on, which just looks weird to me. But anyway, um, he was still talking about Florida State. He was still posting stuff about Jordan Travis. He was still He was still supporting FSU as he – has moved on as far as his career goes. He has a, a huge love for these guys over here at Florida State, and I'm sure it was an extremely difficult um, decision to make. I'm sure it was, you know, over and over again, is this the right decision? Should I go this route or should I stick where I'm at? You know, I could only imagine what went through that man's mind and his family's mind, and I could assume that Coach Norrell said, I obviously want to keep you, but do what's best for you, and that's up to you. Make your decision. But you have our support regardless of what you decide. But I'll talk a little bit about Micah Pittman. In 2019 in Oregon, he had 18 receptions for 227 yards, averaging 12.6 yards a catch. He had two touchdowns. His longest reception was 39 yards. 2020, he had eight receptions for 123 yards. His average was 15.4 yards, zero touchdowns, 44 was as long. Um, in 2021, he had 12 receptions for 197 yards. 16.4 yards was his average, and 66 was the longest. So is there a huge amount of targets? Did he have a huge amount of receptions? No. Um, again, 2020 being the, the lowest one. Um, if you kind of bring in what wide receivers came in to the core for Oregon in 2021, just go back and look at the film because – Oregon's known to run the ball first. Crystal Ball is known to run the ball first. And you watched him play Utah twice. The entire first game that they played against them, they ran the ball. I think it was something crazy, like attempted 44 times and had just no results whatsoever. And then the very next game, tried it again. 
So, I mean, I don't know if he just doesn't trust his, you know, his wide receivers or didn't trust his quarterback or what the case may be, not for me to worry about because hopefully he continues to do the same thing at Miami when we play him every year. Hopefully he keeps beating a dead horse that's not working because it's perfectly fine with me. If you want to keep trying to run the ball and it's not working, hey, pound away at it and let us keep getting the ball back. Um, but I'm extremely satisfied with what – with all the coaching changes, with us losing – uh, Marv with us losing Dillingham, uh, with us hiring the QB coach. Um, say his name. Are you talking about Tony Coates? Yeah, that name. So I'm proud that we actually have a QB coach, an actual QB coach. So with all the, the, the changes and the attrition that we've already started to have, which I'm ready for Taylor to bring. I want to know we're at 85 um, scholarships right now. And technically 86, 86 uh, with, yeah, with Taylor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess Taylor, my, my question to you is, is we obviously have a long ways to go and everybody's expecting way more attrition. So we get down to the number that we need to get to. And it seems like it's going to be no problem. And it seems like we're going to continue to throw out those scholarship offers because Mm -hmm. we know that there's much more attrition to come. Mm Kind of, Give us a little bit of feedback on what you think there real quick and then move on to whatever you're ready to move on to. Yeah, so basically what I think as well with with the scholarship numbers at 86 right now, I I desperately think that there's going to be a lot of attrition coming after this. Uh, Technically, it's probably going to be after spring practice, maybe towards after the spring game. I think there's going to be a lot of attrition, particularly in the secondary. I think you're going to see a couple of attrition there. You might see a couple in the offensive line. Um, you know, just at, at certain spots, I think you're going to see um, some guys move out there. Um, I wouldn't really focus too much on the numbers right now. Like Chris said, I think they're going to be putting out some offers here and there. And they're just going to let guys know, hey, this is where you stand on the rotation. Um, here's where you're at. Um, and you make the decision on what what's best for you. So. I just think that there's a good opportunity with Florida State going forward. I like a lot of the transfers that they brought in. And um, I desperately think that they were a little bit selective on the recruiting side of things to, to get at certain positions. But it all works out in the end. Um, I think that, yes, we we failed at certain positions like wide receiver and also at linebacker. Uh, but like you saw with today with Tatum Bethune, I think you really got a good guy there that you're able to kind of grow and uh, develop some of those younger linebackers. I think Stephen Dix Jr. can continue to develop, uh, continue to get the game down. I think DJ Lundy, with being a former wrestler, not really playing the sport for very long, I think can be really benefited there. Mari Gaynor, like you already talked about, this new position. Mari Gaynor trying to get up to that 230, 235 mark uh, and trying to get up to speed uh, as a true freshman can really be benefited there. So at wide receiver, I know it hurts that, you know, we were able to lose out on Devon Mortimer going to Louisville. They didn't really uh, be too aggressive with that sense. So there's a, a little bit left to be desired on that. But I think that I really like these three wide receiver uh, targets that we got, especially Micah Pittman. I think he can be a really dangerous weapon for us. Like Chris was talking about, 547 yards, two touchdowns in his three-year career at Oregon. Didn't really have a whole lot of opportunities there um, because Crystal Ball and also you have to understand, too, that they had Anthony Brown at quarterback that likes to run the football a ton. So, I mean, it is what it is um, with that. Uh, you know, you got Pittman. He's a special teams return man. 
for them. Uh, he had 15 punts, punt returns for 151 yards. And that may not seem like a lot, but Florida State has not had 151 punt return yards in probably about three years total. So I, you have to take what you have to get. And I think Pittman was a really good weapon there. He's got two years remaining on, on him. He's a 5'11", 200-pound receiver. He's not really, um, I guess you could say, fragile. He's a very strong runner. Um, he's not a, a 5'11 guy you're just going to shrug off. He's very strong at the point of attack and play the slot and also play a little bit of outside receiver. Uh, with Johnny Wilson, uh, a lot of guys are kind of concerned about that. He only played in seven games. He had a little bit of a hamstring injury. But overall, there's you know some things you have to worry about. The drops are a little bit concerning with him. But I think overall, if you put him in the slots, uh, make him as a Kyle Pitts type deal. I think Brendan uh, talked about that a little bit earlier in the comments. But that's a situation where I think he could really be benefited. You move him all over the field. I don't really think you necessarily name him a tight end because not a lot of guys like to do that, especially when you're classified as a receiver. But, you know, you get that flex receiver. I think it's going to be how Jarrell Powers is going to be used at Florida State. I think that's going to be the same situation there. Uh, Cam McDonald's the same way. I don't really think Cam McDonald really put his hand in, in the dirt a lot either. So I really think you can be able to use him a ton. Um, I think he is a very, very good run blocker. He's got a 90.4 PFF grade in run blocking. So that's something that Florida State has really been trying to find, especially on those wide receiver screens to get someone to come on the outside. And you think that's not important? You want to realize that what Cam McDonald did in that Syracuse game and almost lose us the game because he missed the ball. <laughs> Um, that's something that you don't want to have in that situation. You want to have guys that are willing to block for you on the outside. And Malik McClain does a tremendous job there. And with the last guy, Deuce Fan is kind of a project, I think, in terms of that. He's a redshirt freshman. He only had about five catches for 124 yards and two touchdowns. They call him big play Span. Uh, so that's something you have to think about there. He's a converted quarterback. He's got a very long stride. And – Really, he reminds me a lot of Malik McLean. Um, same body style, 6'4", 200 pounds. I think he can do a lot of good things, especially with being that deep play receiver. Ontario Wilson and Keyshawn Helton, have really, you've really seen what they've been throughout their Florida State careers so far, and they really haven't been a whole lot. Not really shots at them, but you've seen what, what you've had with them. And I think you bring a whole different dimension. I don't think this is what um, – the coaching staff really wanted. I don't think they really wanted to abandon the whole recruiting cycle and not not pick up a wide receiver. But I think this kind of uh, puts a Band-Aid over what they have. Um, in a YouTube video I did that was uh, kind of talking about the receivers and what we had picked up, I rated this class as basically a C because I think that this was enough to put a Band-Aid over what you failed and the limitations they have a ton of potential, but they also have a, a potential to bust in certain positions. I think Wilson has the probably the most chance to bust there because he's a he's a heavier receiver, uh, taller receiver with a little bit of drop issues, hamstring issues. But I think he can be that Kyle Pitts situation there where you put him on the anywhere uh, and make him go to work. So I think that it was a huge deal for Florida State going forward. Um, Oregon. Uh, Micah Pittman and also with Johnny Wilson, they were both Calabasas teammates at high school. So that is something to worry about there with the familiarity uh, that they have for each other. And Deuce Fan, like I said, playing the quarterback position, you know, with him transferring over to the wide receiver position, I think it could be really useful uh, going forward for that skill position. Um, 
other guys that we talked about, like Tatum Bethune, we already talked about him. Uh, Caden Wiles is another guy, I think, interior. Uh, I think he's going to be utilized at that center position. He'll probably be taking over for, for uh, Marie Smith while he's doing the uh, getting his weight up a little bit more, hopefully getting more strength. Uh, he's played at several positions at guard and center and also at the defensive end position, but he'll primarily be at center, I would think. Uh, I don't really think Florida State would do anything. They may put Darius Washington at, at guard, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, you know, you also got Greedy Bance. Um, Jamie is his first name, but they call him Greedy. Uh, 36 total tackles, one tackle per loss, seven pass deflections. Does really well in man coverage. He has about a 71, 70 PFF grade. Uh, in zone coverage, I'm a little bit worried. Uh, I think that it's a useful take. I think he's a good nickel corner, probably where Miko Dotson played at. I think it would probably be where he'll be used most. Um, he actually comes from Indicar High School. He's a class of 20. Uh, 2020 um, cornerback, three-star, and uh, he played with Destin Hill. I know not a lot of people want to talk about Destin Hill. Everybody's like, he doesn't exist or whatever the case is. Um, but I do think that, that relationship there, I think it was an okay take. I, I'm not a huge fan of, of taking Grady Vance, especially with Azaria Thomas and also Sam McCall in the class. But I do think it is a need, and I know Florida State's trying to get more uh, talent at that defensive back position. So I, I do think that there's going to be more attrition, so you're going to have to replace that attrition with some more talent. So he is a redshirt freshman, so that is something to think about there. He's got three more years left remaining. And uh, the last one that I'm thinking of is uh, Bless Harris, the offensive line uh, tackle transfer from Lamar. I think he's a good swing uh, guard slash tackle. I think he can play both positions, but I do see him more along the lines of playing left tackle. I think that's something Florida State's been missing, especially as a depth piece. Um, Florida State really hasn't had many options at the tackle position because I don't think Rod Orr is quite ready for that responsibility just yet. Uh, I don't think Lloyd Willis is quite ready. He's almost yeah, I think he's almost there. But I don't think Rod Orr is just ready yet. I, I think he's a year three or year four contributor. I think that um, with some of these guys coming in, I think Julian Armella needs some time to grow. Uh, Jalen Early needs some time to grow. There's there's talent there, but the problem is, is we don't have anybody that can contribute right away if, if an injury does happen. And uh, Bless Harris, I think, actually fills that void and I think can really be a useful piece for us. But I, I like all these transfers. The only one I'm skeptical on, like I said, is, uh, is uh, Greedy Vance. I think that was a little bit early of a take right there. I don't necessarily love it. But I think he is a useful man corner that can play a lot of uh, a lot of man in a nickel set. So I, I can't disagree with um, Greedy Vance kid because I was kind of wondering the same thing. I was like, why did we go after him that fast? Like, yeah, we're not. I just thought it was, and I'm not discounting the staff and their ability to find talent because I do think he is a talented corner, but. If if we're if we are in love with guys like Hunter Washington and Omarion Cooper and you know it, some of those other guys that we have on the roster, you know, what does that say to them? I mean, does that bring their confidence down because we're getting other guys there? It just seems like the McClellan situation from last year. Like, was it really useful for us to go after McClellan, or was it? You know, it's just. And I'm not saying McClellan was a bad take, but it's like. Did we really need him in that situation? Did we really need to waste the scholarship on him? And waste the scholarship is such a strong word because I don't I don't think anyone is a waste of a scholarship once Florida State brings him on. 
But I am saying that they probably should have evaluated a little bit earlier, uh, kind of kept him along, and I don't think the decision would have been that quick. I know he's an early enrollee, but I wish they would have seen some other targets on the board or at least go after some other needs of positions. Maybe they just wanted to get him in because he is an early enrollee, but I thought it was a little bit quick for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was I think it was too quick. Um, but again, I'm with you. I, I'm not going to question the staff's ability to you know evaluate talent, and maybe they know something that we don't. Uh, maybe they see a need that he can fill that we don't exactly know yet, and we'll see how it goes as far as Gertie Vance goes. I mean, I'm glad that he's a no. I'm gonna root for him, regard you know, regardless. But this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to analyze and figure out why they do things that they do, and then we can go back and say, hey, you remember when? Uh, Kristen Taylor said that they were completely dipshits when they said this guy wasn't going to be any good and he's got nine interceptions and he's the best cornerback in the yeah. league right now. Yeah, I mean, that's great, but right now we don't yeah. see it. Um, look, this is what I was kind of thinking, and then y'all, uh, well, they don't have a chance unless they write it, and if they say something I don't like them, I'm going to read it anyway. So, Taylor, correct me if I'm wrong, but let's say you had your wide receiver core on the field, right? All right. So we had, let's say Malik and Andrew Parchment being the bigger of the receivers that we had last year. Correct. Yeah. All right. So at what point would any defense, you know, think, well, we got to double team that guy or that at any point that, you know, a safety, you know, or cover two can't cover the situation because we don't have two or three dynamic receivers on the field at the time. So here's, here's my thing or thought. Now you put Malik on the outside on the let's say on the right side at mm-hmm. number one. You take um, the six foot seven Wilson kid. You put him on the outside on the left side. Mm-hmm. You put Micah Pittman at slot and you put Helton at slot. Yeah, we're we're completely eliminating Josh Burrell at this point, which is another yeah. wide receiver that we're really anticipating on what he's going to be able to do because he was out last year with an injury. But just for you know shits and grins, let's go with the four I just named okay i don't think that defenses feel as safe as they did this previous season with what we just added you got two big bodies on the outside on both sides and you've got two really quick guys as your slot receivers yeah i feel like it could be obviously we don't know what they're going to be able to produce yet we're not 100 percent, but just by size wise what that does, in my opinion, it at least pulls a linebacker into coverage. He has to at least back out. And then that obviously opens up the run game. Yeah. But I don't think people are going to be as comfortable with man-to-man coverage against us at this point. Yeah, and, you know, I don't want to keep going back to Kenny Dillingham, but he did have a lot of situations where in press conferences he was talking about winning one-on-one opportunities. And with Johnny Wilson, whether people like it or not – he wins you one-on-one opportunities with his with his size. It's just a matter of can he catch the football, right? It's not a matter of can he beat the six-two and high point the football at a high level because he's got five inches on him. It's a situation where can he execute? Can he be able to? It, it, it doesn't even ha- he doesn't even have to create separation. I mean, they can put him in situations in the goal line, throw a fade route to him. And you got your opportunity there, kind of like we had with Greg Carr a couple of years ago. Um, feels like so long ago with Greg Carr. But uh, just the situation there, 
I really like a situation that we're running four wide receiver sets. Like you talked about, it opens up the running game. A lot of people want to talk about how Jordan or uh, Jay Sean Corbin was going to be departing for the NFL draft. What does that mean for our running backs? And I get it. I understand if you want to go after a, another running back. But I do like DJ Williams. I think he slimmed up a little bit more. And I do like Lawrence Toe Philly. I think he could be a viable weapon. And like I talked about before, I think Rodney Hill is a quicker, taller, and stronger Lawrence Toe Philly. And I think he can really be used in this offense. Now, I don't think he could be year one. Maybe he might get a couple of snaps here and there because uh, it's hard for a true freshman to really get that opportunity. And uh, I'll go ahead and answer this question now about the true freshman situation. I don't think A.J. Duffy will be redshirted, mainly because I don't think the staff is going to go after a backup quarterback. I think they believe fully in Jordan Travis, and I do think that A.J. Duffy is going to be that quarterback number two. No no uh, shots at Tate Rodemaker because I do think he's going to develop, and he's going to develop properly. Um, I talked about this in the last podcast. His parents are both uh, season ticket holders and have been season ticket holders for a very long time. And uh, he loves Florida State. And I think that, yes, you may see Mike Norvell get on to him. He's a, he's a coach's kid. He's going to get coached. I mean, he, he knows what he needs to do. And sometimes it takes kids a little bit longer. I mean, you have to realize that Tate Rodemaker actually holds a lot of Valdosta high school uh, records at the quarterback position. So he isn't afraid of success. He has a very strong arm. It just takes a little bit for certain instances to get adjusted to the collegiate game. So I wouldn't really worry too much about Rodemaker. I, I think he'll be fine. I don't think he'll transfer out of the program. And I think he'll be our quarterback number three or two, two B, I guess you could say. Um, if you want to maybe start, uh, you know, Rodemaker sometimes if, if Travis gets hurt or if it's garbage time or whatever the case is, maybe if you don't want to put Duffy into the fire just yet for his development. But I think Duffy's going to be ready. I think he's one of those uh, – I wouldn't really say a generational talent, but I think it's going to be a solid quarterback. And like I was talking about to Chris earlier, I, I really compare A.J. Duffy, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, but I do think that with his throwing motion, some of his mechanics, his his one-to-two read situations there, he compares a lot to Luke Altmaier. They used to be committed to Florida State, went to Ole Miss – and uh, performed actually decently well against Baylor. I know he had that pick six that didn't look too hot, but he was trying to do a lot of things out of nothing. But I do think that uh, Luke Altmaier and A.J. Duffy share a lot of traits. I know that A.J. Duffy played pre- uh, pretty well in the uh, Under Armour Showcase with going through his drills and everything. Didn't do too much with the game. I thought he forced a couple of issues there, but there were a lot of one reads. He was playing a lot of, uh, against a lot of man coverage. That was all they could really do. Uh, there was a couple of reads that he missed. Uh, he tried to do a couple of things too much when he had the interception. But overall, I think he did a really good job. I think that, you know, he does a lot of great things, especially with his mechanics. There's no wasted motion. And I think the Tokarts can really do a good job with uh, developing him. He's already sent him a lot of tape, already looking at the film and everything. It helps that he's going to be an early enrollee for January. So it's going to be really huge for Florida State going forward with that. But I'm super excited for uh, just how Florida State's going to develop this season. And I think the offense, like you said, is going to be really scary with those four wide receivers. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you eliminate any of them and you put Josh Brill in because he's ready to go, I mean, that's yeah. another decent-sized receiver that's going to be in there that we're, you know, we're ready to see. And I didn't realize, I don't know, 
I'm not saying who posted this is wrong, mm. but is Span really a four three guy at six foot four? Yeah, he is. Holy sh! Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's he's got very long strides. It it really reminds me of Malik McLean because he's that long strided uh, guy that you really need. He was a very talented athlete out of high school. It, like he was setting records. I think at Lakeview, I think is where he went to high school at. Um, he was very good. So awesome. Um, guys, I mean, I'm gonna rank our class. You know, I think it's currently sitting at 14th. Uh, nationally, yeah. I personally think that AJ Duffy doesn't have, and people can say what they want. I personally think he doesn't have a fifth star because he didn't play his junior year. Yeah. I personally think that some of the recruiting um, evaluators have uh, Sam McCall too low. Um, some of them have him a five star. Some of them have him a four. Um. ESPN only has him as a four, so they state that we don't even have a five-star um, recruit, period, which is completely ignorant. But y'all know ESPN and Florida State's a love-hate relationship. There is no love. It's all hate. Um, so me personally, I think that Florida State should be sitting higher in the national ranking personally. You have some that have uh, Armella as a four-star. Some of them have him as a five-star. Armella should be a five-star, in my opinion, just based off of what I see, uh, based off of how they evaluate other players that are considered five-stars in the same position that he is in. Um, I don't see him lacking any of the things that they gave the fifth star to on some of the other ones. Um, I guarantee you that Omar Graham Jr. should not be a three-star. I can say uh, that yeah. with the fact that that kid should be a four, high four, mid-four, high four, star kid there's it makes no sense for him to be a three-star it just doesn't make sense i don't think rodney hill's a three-star yeah i mean it's it's impressive to think about like with with graham and everything um because let me just let me just go through his stats real quick from last from this past season 140 total tackles 140 i mean like 32 and a half sacks like I don't understand. And then also you have to think about it too. He played running back and had 550 yards of rushing yards and 12 touchdowns. I mean, like, what else do you need? Like, I, I don't understand, like, and he played against great competition. So I don't understand the whole fact of, like, just it, it really kills me, some of these recruiting databases. Here's another one that's posted up there. Watch Hester too is what he says. There's no way that Hester should be ranked as a three-star. No way. In hell. Is he, isn't he ranked a three-star on both Rivals and 247? Yeah. Makes no sense to me at all. Absolutely none. Um, you know, a lot of people were coming after, and guys, I don't come to the defense of certain people, um, especially that we don't, I don't talk to Josh Newburn or nothing like that uh, a lot. We here and there communicate. Um, but people were coming at him on a, a couple of tweets earlier this week um, or maybe late last week saying, how come y'all are ranking uh, Florida State's players so low star-wise and blah, blah, blah. They're coming at him. He's like, I have nothing to do with how they get ranked. That's not that's not my department. That's, that's not what I do. Um, 
a lot of people need to understand there's there's certain you know departments even though you see two four seven this two four seven that there's there's reporters there's writers there's analysts there's evaluators there's all kinds of stuff so make sure you know who you're talking to or talking about before yeah. just go killing somebody because Josh is like real quick to just block folks he doesn't care which I mean I don't blame him but um I, Twitter is just a real a, a really weird world um yeah People come at me because I have stuff that looks similar to somebody else. People come at so-and-so because they have something similar to so-and-so. Look, I personally have a post of of uh, all the recruits and the transfers and the walk-ons and et cetera, and it looks very similar to someone else's that I don't even follow. And they posted that, my, that I stole it from the guy. Well, my situation with that is if I stole it from him, and I don't think y'all deserve me to do this, but I can personally show you where I posted it on my Facebook group page yeah. way before this guy ever posted it on Twitter. Way before. We're talking about almost a week and a half before he posted it. And all I'm doing is continuously adding to the list as we start receiving people. Now, I will add this linebacker that we just got in the transfer portal onto this list. And I will be asked again, or someone will comment, that I stole this from so-and-so. I didn't steal anything. I can't help how Apple Notes looks just like the other guy that has an Apple iPhone and it's in Notes, and he wrote the same things that I write. I mean, we're literally only making a list of the players that are coming in for 2022. I can't yeah. help that it looks the same. So, I mean, I went back and changed the type of star that I used. I changed <laughs> the spacing. I changed all kinds of stuff just so, hey, it's not identical to dudes, but – I don't know if y'all know this, but if you type in something and you go to use an emoji, whatever star pops up first, and it looks like, oh, that's a star, can I click it? I didn't sit there and go, hey, I want mine to be completely different than everybody else's because I obviously didn't know everybody else was making one. Two, I don't care. I don't know why it's a big deal. But I am going to come to my own defense when it comes to people hacking at me and or heckling at me, whatever you want to say. They're steadily trying to knock down this tree and I'm like, yeah. I'm literally just trying to share the full list without you have to go individually looking for yeah. this guy and that guy. Anyways, the guys that are heckling at me, you don't deserve it. So fuck off. If you don't like what I'm posting, take your ass somewhere else. Don't look at it. I mean, I'm not asking you to look at it. I'm, I'm posting it for people that might just want to, Maybe they follow me and they don't follow him. Maybe the guys that don't follow me follow him and everybody gets the same information. I could care less. But if you don't like it, fuck off. I could care less. But quit coming at me because I'm posting a list of what players we have. And yeah. If you don't want to know what players we have or you want to see his list that's exactly the same as mine, then turn me off, block me, look at his. I, I could care less, but it's just information. If you don't like the information, don't look at it. But I'm not stealing nobody's shit. So move on. Do something yeah. else with your time because you're a bored. I don't want to mess with people that are unemployed, but just go do something else that's productive because that's not productive messing with your own people on Twitter. We all love Florida State. That's what I don't get. Exactly. Yeah. This guy that loves Florida State and this guy loves Florida State post something similar. They're stealing from one another. I will say this, and and I can attribute to this too. Uh, there's a lot of. I'm not going to name the database, but. 
there are a lot of situations in the industry with Florida States, uh, whether one source gets it or another source gets it. Uh, some of those sources are actually standing right next to each other and they yep. don't say a dang thing to each other, but they'll say something behind closed doors that say, oh, well, this person's stealing from this person and we don't like this company because of this reason. It's a very uh, toxic environment. Um, and like Chris said, I really like the, the attitude that you have. Um, I think that you really bring along the, the positive influence of Florida State. And I think it should continue to be that way. So, I, You know, my thing is, is guys, I, I went on a huge defense for actually a couple of people. Um, Taylor being one of them, and I'm not going to get into to who says what, but it's yeah. not me trying to get me mad at him and whatever. And I'm like, y'all do realize that we work together, right? Like I'm yeah. just trying to make sure before you come at me that you understand the scenario of what's happening. <laughs> and I was completely confused because this also happened on Twitter. They were coming at me saying, hey, did you see that uh, Norvell Central had copied this? And I'm like, really? And I'm not going to lie to you. I wrote it. I wrote, well, that bastard, LOL. Dude, we work together, and that, no, he's not copying me. It look, it's completely different. And then people get angry because we have similar backgrounds, or and not just me and him. I'm talking about everybody that makes edits. There's similarities to that. I said, guess what? We're editing for the same team that play in the same stadium, except yeah, how, how many pictures do you know of Doug Campbell saying that look very much different? Uh, they don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't make him like. I'm sorry, the kid didn't take a picture of him laying down, you know, beside the bricks and make it a completely his own photo. Guess what? They all take the photos in the same spot. Yeah. What do you want me to do? I can't help. Can you believe that he's wearing a black uniform just like so and so? Could you believe that so and so used that black uniform and they're at it the same way that you did? I mean, damn, dude, we're editing for the same team. It's the same. Like, what do you want us to do? Anyways, it's. All we're doing is is doing something for the young men that are committing to Florida State. We're doing something for the university that we like to share with everybody else that are fans. We're working together because we're a team. I see the fans as a team. I see the players as a team, the staff. All of us should be one mind, one accord. All of us want to go out there and win football games. All of us want to do it to the best of our ability. Everybody wants to report they should want to. Everybody should want to report the truth about Florida State. Not none of this BS that's coming up or rumors. I've been seeing a lot of big name um, networks reporting rumors. Like everybody's coming after the Destin Hill kid. I, he was supposed to be here last year. Why didn't he come last year? He's coming in January. No, he's coming in the summer. Look, if he comes, he comes. If he gets here in the summer, great. If he gets here in January sometime, great. If he doesn't come at all, I wish the young man the best of luck, and I hope that whatever's going on dies down for him, he can overcome whatever it is, and he can move on with his life and become something. But sitting here going after this young man because he's not here yet or he's not doing certain things that y'all want him to do, look, I don't know if you've ever went to go try to go to work or go to church or um, hell for the matter, just go to the store and you end up with a flat tire. Now, how would you feel if your kid came up to you and said, you know, you didn't anticipate this flat tire, so 
I don't love you anymore. And you're just an idiot. You know, things can't be in life. It's not something we can control. There's things that you can control and there's things that you can't. The things that you can't control, you shouldn't worry about them. The things that you can control, you should do to the best of your ability to do it the right way and be truthful. So leave this kid alone. Quit going after him on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I don't even know if he has a Facebook, but I see more hashtag Destin Hill isn't real shit than I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, this kid's real. I have met this kid. I know he's real for a fact. So leave the kid alone. Um, if he comes, he comes. Um, Taylor, I kind of want to know what you think about the defensive end. Look, guys, my, my thoughts are on verse is I think he ends up – I think we're really close. I think I do. I think it's a 50-50 shot right now, but I still feel like he's leaning a little bit toward Tennessee. It's basically down to us in Tennessee, in my opinion. And I believe that um, he's going to lean toward Tennessee. Just based off of the defensive line coach that they have there, he does have a big name, blah, blah, blah. The kid, it's an SEC school, whatever. Okay, I think that's which way he's leaning. Maybe it's a better fit for him than Florida State. Maybe it's not. Maybe he comes to Florida State makes me look like a fool. I don't know. But that's what my pick is, that Jared Verse ends up at Tennessee. I want to know about this kid that was on campus yesterday and today. Terrell Dawkins? Yes. From uh, NC State? So, basically, Terrell Dawkins, uh, he played during the 2020 season. Um, he had 36 total tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, and five sacks. Uh, he was very productive. But the problem was, in the 2021 season, he got a little hurt. And that's the common theme for some of the transfers that we have so far. Uh, they've gotten hurt. You know, they're trying to regain that sense of, I guess, durability. And Florida State's taking a risk on these guys. But the problem is, is, you know, Terrell Dawkins is very, very productive when he's healthy. I think he uses his hands very well. He's a very violent pass rusher. And I think he could be that sense of a guy that can be very talented. He's only a redshirt freshman, so he's going to have three years remaining on, on uh, the rest of his career, uh, wherever he chooses. But I do think Florida State sits in a solid spot. Um, I think this is a, a guy that you have to kind of monitor um, because, like Chris said, Jared Verse is going to be deciding pretty soon. He is an early enrollee. And Terrell Dawkins, he's still trying to figure out everything. He could be an early enrollee if he wanted to decide a little bit soon. Um, that is the reasoning for the visit. Uh, this is before the dead period goes back, back again and they're not really able to do any more contact periods for a little bit. Um, so that is the reasoning for Dawkins to come in. And I think Dawkins is kind of that experienced guy at NC State. I think NC State's bringing in a couple more talented defensive ends, and his spot's seemingly kind of going down after the injury from last season. And he just wanted a fresh start. Um, this is a situation where he's actually from the Florida area, so that is something to watch out for there. And I do think that – if Burst does go to Tennessee, like I, I actually predict he will as well, um, I think that that could be a situation there. You also got Hawaii Junior uh, defensive end, Noah Alualu. Um, he is actually a guy I really like, actually. Um, he's got 33 total tackles, eight tackles per loss, four sacks. I think he's a very productive uh, defensive end. A lot of big schools are going after him early in the process. I think he can play defensive tackle as well, so he's kind of that hybrid uh, defensive tackle, defensive end hybrid. He's about 280 right now. Um, there's a couple of um, 
guys that I also wanted to mention as well. Uh, one other guy that I wanted to mention would be uh, Incarnate Word, uh, junior defensive end Chance Main. I actually talked to him earlier yesterday, and he was actually thinking he might make a decision. Maybe today uh, is what he was most likely going to do. He's going to sit down with his parents and kind of figure out everything and see what the best kind of choice of action would be. Florida State hasn't extended an offer just yet. I think it could be a preferred walk-on spot offer, uh, maybe for a situation where Florida State's looking to maybe add him as a scholarship player the year after. Uh, but he, he's got 22 total tackles, four tackles for loss, and four sacks. May not seem like a lot, but he is very, very close friends with Jermaine Johnson. Uh, they actually played at community college together and was actually um, he's actually one of his best friends and talks to him all the time. So there is a lot of uh, connections there at Florida State. He really talked to Jermaine Johnson and let him know about how this coaching staff will take care of you. They'll make sure that you're doing okay. And he was actually on an official visit not too long ago. So there are things that Florida State's going to have to monitor at the defensive end position if they want to be successful and have that same level of success. But people have to understand that you can't just replace, you know, 11 and a half sacks of, of um, you know, of Jermaine Johnson and then turn around and have six and a half sacks of Keir Thomas. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do with replacing 18 sacks. I mean, this is going to have to be a collective effort. Um, I hate that um, what's-his-face went out of the uh, draft, or the album, uh, Marcus, Marcus uh, Kushney. Um, I hate that he went ahead and transferred out and uh, kept doing that, but it's it's okay. I think Quayshon Fuller, uh, Derek McClendon, Baron Turner, I, I think highly of. Uh, he was very productive at, uh, at uh, high school, so he had 18 sacks, I believe, in his senior season before he, before he went to Florida State and then had the season-ending injury. We'll see how he kind of recovers from that. But, uh, you know, you got guys like George Wilson, Patrick Payton, you know, the list goes on and on. I think that you have a lot of guys there. And I think that's also the reason why they took a chance on Dante Anderson. I think Dante Anderson is about the same level of productiveness, I guess you could say, as George Wilson. He's kind of a – he's a little bit on the lighter side, so you kind of have to figure out what you're going to do there. But I think Florida State has talent. I just – I want to see what they do and see if it's a collective effort and hopefully they can get back to that same sack production that made their defense so well. And I think that's why you saw a big step in, in uh, Adam Fuller's second year, because they were able to generate a lot of pressure on the quarterback. I, I got a quick question. What did you think about um, Chris Winkie's new job at, um, at uh, Georgia Tech? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't like Collins at all. Um, I don't think he's going to stay there. For another year, I do love the promotion for him for Winky. I really do think that that could be a good stepping stone for him, maybe to get an offense coordinator job there. Maybe if he does really well there, maybe he can uh, elevate his game at that uh, position. But man, it's just uh, something else. I think with Florida State um, going forward, there, I, I wish that Florida State would have took a chance on him because I, I do think that he's a good quarterback mind. But I do like Tokarts. I think he's a really good quarterback mind for us, and I think that he's already been in the system. And as you saw with Mike Norvell before, you know, you're looking at he elevated Coach Atkins. I think that was a very, very bright move for him. I think that Coach Atkins deserved every bit of that. Um, and I think that's a situation where everybody's got to realize that Coach Atkins is going to do a really phenomenal job. And he talked about it in his presser today. It's Mike Norvell's offense. He's going to be calling the plays, but – Coach Atkins is still going to have a say-so in, in 
learning how to do the formations and making sure everything's going to be okay. He's still going to be with the offensive line. And also you got to think about Chris Thompson is a um, also an offensive line coach before. So he's also going to have some say so in that as well as, as well as being the deputy head coach and the tight ends coach. So these coaches are going to have a lot there. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot more eyes on, you know, even with Randy Shannon being co-defensive coordinator, like we talked about before. This is another set of eyes for Adam Fuller. So I love the in, in uh, staff hires. I think promoting from within, I think, was a very smart move for, for a lot of these cases that we have so far. You were able to keep Marcus Woodson on the staff, uh, besides the fact of the, the Memphis defensive coordinator job that actually went to someone else now. Um, but I do love it. I, I think that Mike Norvell setting a tone and a message for recruits and saying, hey, we have the same staff that is able to keep building and you know who to lean to and who to turn to. And a lot of these coaching staff across the country, you're seeing you know, people leaving left and right. Yes, Coach Mark went to be the defense coordinator and it was a mutual parting of ways. Um, but just overall, I, I don't really see a whole lot more changes or maybe one more change. I don't want to name the name, but there may be one more. But past that, I really don't know um, – we're probably going to have another offensive assistant coach, um, I would think, uh, in the coming weeks. So that would be something to monitor. But other than that, uh, I think everybody's going to kind of stay to themselves, really, in the coaching carousel with uh, Florida State. So do you know if we ended up offering um, Azariah Thomas? Did we end up offering him a scholarship because – it switched on two four seven. They've got him as a sign now, and not just a um, preferred walk on. Yeah, they they offered him a scholarship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It could be a bug in their system. I'm I'm not really sure. No, they switched it to him like he was offered a scholarship because I I thought at first that he was a preferred walk on. No, uh, he is actually a scholarship. He is going to be really good. Like. I personally, and this is kind of my breakdown of him, I, I think he's going to be particular at the safety position. They like him a lot at corner. Uh, Marcus Woodson talked about that before, about how they really want to use him at the cornerback position. But I can also see him at wide receiver. And he's a dangerous punt returner, uh, just like Sam McCall. I think him and Sam McCall have a lot of similar traits together. And I think Azariah Thomas can really burn. I mean, like, he is a very good receiver that can create a lot of separation, very underrated. Uh, I know a lot of people are still hurt from Travis Hunter leaving for Jackson Jackson State. But, like I said, I think that's a very, very good replacement. And I even had the defensive backfield with those two by themselves and Greedy Vance. I had this as a B-plus for the, for the uh, defensive back room. I think they did a tremendous job, especially – and. This goes a lot into Mike Norvell actually having a plan in place for what they want to do. When something bad happens, what do they do? Do they respond to adversity or do they crash? And I think that with, you know, getting Azariah Thomas, I think that was a tremendous grab for them. And it was something that a month ago, if you would have told me we would have gotten Thomas, I would have been ecstatic. I mean, I would have told you you were crazy because there was no chance. And I thought this staff did a really good job. Keep pushing. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, he didn't include Florida State in his top schools list, so let's just go ahead and leave him off the board. There was so many situations of that throughout the season, but this is just a lesson to everyone. 
do not ever discount someone just because they don't have someone included on their top schools list. And this staff will continue to push at certain guys. I mean, there, it like you uh, talked about, this one comment says he should have been a five-star. I think he should have been. Um, I think he should have been that, that 34, 35th uh, best prospect. I think he finished at like the 40, 45th or something like that. It wasn't very far off. So he's a very high four-star. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing, you know. Just make, just make two more of the guys that deserve the fifth star. Bring Omar Graham Jr. up to the fourth star. What does that move your class to? That's that's my, that's what my issue is with the evaluations on some of these players. And another one, you know, that I, I'm I'm continuously pushing um, two four seven sports, and I'm continuously pushing uh, rivals. And anybody else that has any say so on evaluating these kids, I'm giving them stars. Um, Jay O'Reilly has yet to even be yeah. evaluated, yeah. and I understand that the young man misses uh, uh, last year or the year before he wasn't able to play because of injury or transferred, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, but he has yet to even get evaluated. Period, and it trips me out because he was, oh Jesus, um, third. In the state of Colorado, period, doesn't matter if it's 4A, 7A, 6A football, he's still like third or fourth top QB in the state of Colorado, but he has no ranking from these profile um, networks that are doing this. Um, So I'm pushing the button as hard as I can for these guys to evaluate this young man because he deserves it. Um, He's not the only one. I've had three other wide receivers contact me that are top wide receivers in their state but they have no evaluation whatsoever. They've been to camps. They've done um, just – they're all getting voted either on the top of their um, class or they're getting voted to be one of the best um, in their position. Nothing's being said about them as far as these other networks go. I mean, it took them until – I want to say until uh, Florida State offered Brian Courtney. He was unranked, correct? Yes, he was. So – I guess sometimes it takes a kid to get an offer for him to start evaluating them. I don't know. Yeah. The reason why I was laughing, you, you uh, retweeted that thing about my picture with oh, yeah. Mario Cristobal and Walker. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of uh, situations where a lot of kids aren't really getting proper properly evaluated. Um, I think that there could have been a chance for Rodney Hill if he didn't get hurt. Um, I think there there could be a situation there where, you know, you could have gotten to that fringe high three-star, low four-star category, uh, but he's kind of stuck at that. I think it's 86 uh, right now. So Aaron Hester is another guy I think can be really well. Um, and actually, I was kind of surprised with Daniel Lyons. Um, yeah. I thought that, you know, he could have been that four-star. He was at one point and then went down to a three-star. Um, another guy I was thinking about was – was the other guy I was thinking about? Um, lost his name off the top of my head. Um, but anyway, so there's a lot of guys that are out there that, you know, we haven't really seen a whole lot of, and they're really getting undervaluated. So just my take on it, I, I think that, like you said, I mean, even Jarrell Powers, I think that could be a viable threat there. Um, Kanaya Charlton, I think, is actually close to a four-star. He is an absolute tank. If you haven't watched his film, 
it is like you can go to IHOP right now and get a ton of pancakes, or you can watch uh, Charlton's film and you can do the same thing because his film is nothing but just straight pancakes. Mm-hmm. So, personally, I don't know what they see. Um, I, I understand Charlton's uh, weight is a little bit of concern at 340. I know he's got to get a little bit down there. His hand placement's not the greatest in the world, but he is an absolute tank. Coach Storm, Coach Storms will get these kids right, man. I mean, I'm I'm extremely impressed with what Coach Storm did last season, um, and this season, in conditioning alone. Um, I think, you know, give him this spring and next spring, and he'll have a lot of the kids exactly where they want to be, if not even better. Um, I'm really I'm impressed with our strength and con- strength and conditioning coaches, and with the program itself with what they got the kids eating, um, how they work out, all that. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, a lot of people talk about Coach Storms, but that nutrition staff is doing a tremendous job there. Uh, they actually have the GPS tracking, uh, trying to track some of their meal preps. They're actually doing a little bit of home ed classes where they're talking about how to cook your meals properly, and they're actually doing it at the facility. So that is very huge for Florida State and uh, kind of their athletic breakdown and what they have to do. So. As um, you know, Jesus, I don't know how to bring this up exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to Fifth Quarter FSU. Um, I'm gonna give a shout out to Spearmania. They they seem to on Instagram and Twitter share, if not everything that um, <clears throat> Beer Addicts is posting, if not all of it, almost every bit of it. They do a great job of collaborating as far as not throwing you know yeah no hate toward us or whatever so yeah i will say this uh spearmania is actually in my discord server that we've had he has been a follower of mine for a very long time uh shout out to him he he does a tremendous job with his account making really positive uh there, there's a lot of hate towards certain certain aspects of the coaching staff and i get it i i, I can be critical at times too but you know, you have to know when to be able to support the staff, you know, have tangible evidence as, as to why they are making that step forward. And he does a tremendous job in, in giving that positive aspect to the program and to this coaching staff. And I think both both platforms, like you said, Fifth Quarter does a tremendous job as well. They had talked about my post about C.J. Campbell and talking about that interesting uh, dynamic about how I thought C.J. Campbell could take that next step forward this season in being a scholarship player. And that's just kind of the enthusiasm that you have. You know, you have these bigger social media out uh, platforms. And I don't really focus too much. Um, I like to acknowledge that I have a large following because it does mean a lot to a lot of these uh, platforms out there because you are getting your voice out there. And whether it be just a positive outbreak or whether it be something else, social media is filled with negativity. and once you get that certain level of following and you have that large group, you can be able to transform and change a mindset of a fan base based off of what you say. And that's such a huge factor in today's society because social media does such wonders, whether it be, you know, negativity or positivity, you know, it does, it does affect today's society. And I I really do value and uh, really you know, thank everyone for that because, you know, without social media nowadays, it just seems like, you know, 
we're, we're kind of getting into that situation where social media is is where it's at. You know, it's it's basically what society is now. Right. I mean, it's going to be a it's going to continue to be such a huge tool that's used, like yeah. whether it's for negativity or positivity. Either way, it's it's um it's a huge deal now. It's not going away. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm grateful for the ones that are spreading the positivity and they, mm-hmm. the love for the team, regardless of who's here, who's not here, who they want here, who they don't want here. It, Guys, at the end of the day, it's not our decision on who we hire. It's not our decision on who we recruit. Um, what our decision is to support this team regardless of where it's at, regardless if they're doing great, regardless if they're not doing good at all, regardless if we're just a dumpster fire within itself. As long as we don't turn into a Miami fan, <laughs> I'll be perfectly fine. Hey, um, you know, I haven't heard anything on Twitter yet with them not saying that he's a take or not a take yet. So, oh, it's all over mine. Uh, it's, it's coming. Yeah, it's all say. over. It's all over mine. Miami's like, we didn't want him. He's he's uh, yeah. He's they'll come back and you know, if they get Kevin Coleman in the next couple of days, they'll they'll surely backfire with that. So, not that Kevin Coleman's not, but they'll say Kevin Coleman's the greatest thing since loaf bread. Yeah, and I, I do like Kevin Coleman. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a tremendous receiver. But he does have a great relationship with Crystal Ball. Oregon was his dream school growing up. So, at, fill in the dots there as you as you may. So, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't hate him if he went to uh, Venables um, in Oklahoma. I wouldn't hate him if he went to uh, Landing at Oregon, if that's his dream school. Because you got Dillingham as the offensive coordinator. I mean, you're kind of getting a little bit of Florida State and Oregon at the same yeah. time. So. Yeah. Maybe not too, too bad. I don't mind him going to Miami if, if that's what is really – like if he's really into Crystal Ball. I don't think Crystal Ball is a terrible in-game coach. I think he's a tremendous recruiter. I, I think that he does a, a good job. But the fact of the matter is um, he has a losing record as a coach. So I appreciate you all joining us, and I appreciate you saying it was a great show as always. Obviously, Gold Knowles, I'm I'm 100% with y'all guys. I, I do uh, really appreciate everybody that sticks around for the whole show. Remember, if you can't stick around for the whole show, um, you can either go back and watch the video or you can go to wherever you get podcasts and listen to the whole show there. Um, y'all go check out uh, Taylor. He's He started his YouTube channel back up, and he does some pretty good bits about um, his last one on the – I don't know if it was your last one, but the one you did about the trio of the wide receivers that we did the transfer, I enjoyed it. Um, we do do things separate uh, because we have such an addiction to Florida State, we can't help it. So we don't pull each other on everything. But um, go check him out on YouTube because uh, I personally think what he's doing is pretty cool. Um you can tell them where to see all that at and all that because I don't know if it's the same. or. Yeah, um, I'm also going to be doing a little bit more video content on there as well. Um, I got some feedback. Um, I tried to get as much feedback as I could. I did a couple of videos, and I just did some audio Zoom um, and then transported it over to a video side of things. Had a couple of graphics added to it, um, but I may start doing maybe some video with maybe a video of the receiver at the top or video of the player, do a little bit of a breakdown. And I try to make sure that it doesn't go over maybe the 15-minute mark because once you start getting to that 15-minute mark and above, 
people start clicking off and, and, you know, you want to try to get as much as you can. And I try to jam pack it into one, but a lot of times on Instagram, I can't say most of this stuff because I don't have enough characters and yeah. that's my problem on Twitter too. So YouTube was a good thing that I can try to do. Um, it's easier for me to do. I can sit down and record it for about 15 minutes, go over and make sure everything's good audio wise and post it. So, um, I'm trying to do a little bit more, uh, trying to make my thumbnails a little bit more enticing to look at, doing a lot of hashtags, whatever the case is. But if you do like some video content and like my breakdown analysis in these podcasts, um, yeah, be sure to go check that out. Um, I'm at, I can't remember, like 380 subscribers or something. I haven't started it for very long. I, I did it a couple of months ago, took a break from it, decided I, uh, I don't know how about this. Kind of got back into it. We'll see how that goes. Um, I'm wanting to do more in the off season because the off season is slow. Um, kind of answering a couple of topics and questions that people have, and I, I thought that would be a cool way to uh, to kind of bring another aspect of everything. So, yep. Um, and also, guys, you can also find um, these live videos on YouTube. Um, it's the same. Just type in Spirit Addicts. Obviously, I appreciate people subscribing to my YouTube channel as well. Of course. Um, I, I don't focus in one area. Um, I hate to say that I'm trying to be the Amazon or the Walmart, but yeah. if you look for content as far as social media goes, I, the only thing I know that I don't have is a Discord. I don't I don't have one that yet. I'm sure somewhere yeah. down the line I might. I don't know. I tried, and the reason why I do it is mainly to give – people more of a, I guess you could say a chat channel, um, because I don't want people to continuously comment on my post because that seems to get really, um, not annoying, but you know, when you get buzzing sounds, uh, 24 seven, when you're working, that doesn't, uh, bode well for your boss. Um, so I, I just think that personally a discord is able to bring together a community I know that Noel Game Day does their Discord. A couple other uh, media sites do their Discords. I have it absolutely free. I don't really think that a Discord with messages and, and a chat channel to talk about different aspects of Florida State sports, basketball, football, you know, whatever the case is. Um, we even have some chats in there for NBA, uh, NFL, betting, wh whatever the case is. You name it, it's in there. Um, but we just try to talk about different things and, and build a sense of friendship and community because – like I said, I won't have this Instagram or Twitter account or Facebook account all my life. You know, eventually it's going to end. So I want to build as many relationships as I can throughout Florida State fans. And we all want to see Florida State become successful. We all want to see Mike Norvell hoist that championship trophy. And I think that it's a good way for everyone to kind of outreach together. I try to bring it, branch out as much as I can. Um, I used to be just an Instagram uh, fan page, but now I've kind of escalated my content and elevated it to a different height. Used to be a little nervous with podcasts, but now it's come to a situation where it just comes natural. So uh it's just how it is nowadays. Yep. Um guys, I, I personally don't have anything else. Uh I do want to yeah, what's the other guy's name that we're expecting to commit soon, transfer wise? Uh you talking about uh Jared Burst? Are you talking about um He's one of them, but there was one you named earlier that you thought he might also commit today. Oh, Chance Main? Yeah. Yeah. He is uh, – I got to talk with him 
Uh, I'm going to try to talk with him after this and see what's going on with that. He did talk about how he was going to talk with his family about certain aspects. I don't think it's going to be a scholarship. I think it's going to be a preferred walk-on. And he's a junior, so there's a situation where he comes in and maybe he gets that scholarship his senior year. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out with that one. Well, everybody, what I'm going to try to do is uh, after we get done with this, which we're almost done, I'm going to try to reach out to Tatum um, and see if he might want to do like a, a small, you know, question thing with us on a podcast, ask him what made him want to come to Florida State, uh, what, you know, what did he see here, what's the biggest reason he wanted to be here, how big of a role was Randy Shannon in the process, that kind of thing. Um, I'm not promising that he will, but – he seems to be very applicable. He seems to be very responsive. So, um, I, I, I just thought about this too. Uh, I won't name names, but did you ever figure out anything with the person coming up in middle of January uh, that you were lining up for, possibly? Um, are you talking about one of the coaches? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's that's a go. Okay. I don't know a date yet because that's what he's yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to figure out. Yeah. But. We will definitely have um, Coach Fuller, who I'm talking about. Um, I do appreciate you not throwing the name because I had no idea you was talking about until yeah, you. Started. But yeah, yeah, I Coach, want to let you. Yeah, 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 Coach Fuller. I also like would like to, even though I've seen him on other podcasts, Double Fries No Slaw, um, the new AD, um, Michael, Michael Alfred. Alfred. He was on there. I would personally like to have him on uh, Spirit Addicts to ask him a couple questions myself. Yeah. He's really nice. I, yes. I, I, do. I haven't met him uh, face-to-face in person you know, or talked to him, but, but yeah, heard he's really I nice. I have talked to him on Twitter. I've talked to him on um, – um, I think it was just Twitter. But I've talked to him on Twitter. He's very responsive, uh, great guy. Um, and I would like to ask him a couple of questions. I'm going to ask him. We're trying to get more guests on here, but um, yeah. it's really hard with the recruits. Um, we've, yeah. we've had Omar on here. We've had Jay Zell. I've had a couple of the people that we did um, just audio with uh, earlier before we started the big deal with Spirit Addicts and the videos and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get a couple of people on here. But um, I would even like to see if I could get uh, Coach Yak on here. I, I would like to talk yeah. to him. Yeah, he uh, shared two of my posts. I think he shared my AJ Duffy one and also my I think it was Dr. Richardson. It was very it was a weird one there, but um, I do forecast, and I won't I won't say this very much, but I do think Coach Yak probably takes a different role next season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I think it. He, I do think he does stay on staff. So. Yep, I agree. Um, well, with that, guys, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Um, just keep sticking around. Uh, I did promise everybody yesterday that there would be news today. This was the news that I was talking on. I do know the gentleman and or the two gentlemen that helped um, Tatum with his video, his uh, edit, etc. Um, so I I do get to. F- find out on most of them if i don't taylor gets to find out on them, you know when they're gonna commit who they're potentially committing to there's things we don't release because we get asked not to there's things that we're allowed to release so stick yeah. around because you never know anytime here's for the twitter people because i do have quite a few of them watching when i post the eyes like look 
That means somebody's committing, okay? That's all that's about. Or that we're about to make a coaching announcement of some sort. Yeah, I, I will say this, though, um, and I've, I've heard this a lot. I won't be like a certain media um, platform with Florida State that spoils commitments. Um, I don't mm -hmm. want to go to that route. Um, so if if there is indeed something that um, is in the works of a guy committing, I don't want to ruin their moment. Nope. Uh, that's for them and their loved ones. And, um, you know, if you want me to put an eyeball emoji like Chris does to, to signify that there will be a commitment, okay, you may get some context clues or something like that to, to who it might be, but I will never release and just say, hey, this dude is going to be committing to Florida State on this date. No. I think that's a little bit outlandish. Even the post I had today was Bethune was going to be making an announcement of the school to his choice at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Right. So, I'm going to still be vague with that situation, even though I do think that it's going to be a good situation. Right. I 100% am the same way. I'm not ever going to – I'm just not out in the young yeah. man. It's not happening. Nope. That's their process. They deserve that moment. Yep. Don't take that from them. Uh, whoever you are, the, I talk to a lot of the parents of the recruits. I talk to a lot of the cousins, uncles, I mean, best friends. That A lot of them contact us, uh, you know, I just don't take it away from them. It's not something that I'm ever going to do. I don't care if somebody offers me a million-dollar check. I'm not out in a young man on it. This is not happening because it doesn't make sense. It's not for me. It's not about me. So yeah. um, I was like Taylor a minute ago. I was like, all right, Tatum, it's uh, 8 o'clock. All right, Tatum, it's 8.01. All right, Tatum, it's 8.02. Oh, there it is. He committed to Florida State. Okay. I'm I'm just as impatient as the rest of y'all. Trust me, I am. <laughs> and you know, Taylor said it himself. He goes, "If this was me, I'd probably be sitting there five minutes before." But I think it's awesome because they got us sitting on the edge of our seats. We're just, you know, I think what they're doing is priceless. Personally, um, they even do it to us. So it's not like even though we may know what's going on, we're you never know. I predicted Marvin Jones Jr. to come here. He ended up going to Georgia. It was very close. It was a uh, last, you know, like, okay, I'm going to go to Georgia. But regardless, I ain't taking it away from him. I yeah. heard noise on a Wednesday before Travis Hunter's situation. Yeah. I heard that it was very possible he was going elsewhere. I didn't want to believe it, one. Two, he hadn't told me that. So I wasn't going to take it from him. Whatever. Y'all know what happened. Uh but go ahead, Taylor, if you got something else. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, yeah, I really appreciate Chris for letting me come on today and uh, kind of start the new year off right. Um, took a little bit for us to get on and talk about some of these guys, and I think we did a tremendous job of trying to, uh, you know, create the vision that Florida State staff sees in some of these guys. And um, like I always talked about him, you know, we were talking about at one point um, doing the podcast together. And I always wanted him to promote his brand because I think his brand really sets apart from everybody else just in terms of creating that positive atmosphere, uh, creating a positive attitude, and also uh, getting Facebook more along the lines of being more positive and Twitter being more positive and Instagram showing those edits and making these players realize that they are important and a priority to Florida State. And even if they choose they don't want to go to Florida State, that it's okay, that we will still cheer you on unless you're a Gator or a Kane. Um, with all of that going on, 
uh, all all jokes aside, I, I do think that you know we are a really good positive source for everyone, and uh, just making sure that uh, we can be able to continue each other's brand, you know, uplift each other, and that's what it's all about. We're not competing against one another. We're always going to be there for each other, and we're Seminole fans, and that's how it's always going to be. We're unconquered uh, spirits, and I think that we're going to do a really good job this season, and hopefully get to where we need to be. I definitely agree. Everybody, I think 2022 is going to be a special year. Um, I'm really excited about – it sounds crazy, but I'm excited for the off season because of what's what's taking place right now. I'm excited because of the news that's coming. Um, real short, um, we're fixing to find out where exactly we're going to break ground at for the standalone facility. Uh, we're, we're, we are and have done a really great job um, with boosters growing, we're getting more and more boosters. That's great. Please, if just go check out the booster page because I promise you, it does not cost you as much as everybody thinks it does. I yeah. say this every time I get a chance. You can donate once, five dollars. You can donate every month. You can do whatever you are able to do. There is something there that fits everybody's budget to give to Florida State. If you want this team and this. Um, uh, university to get back on top. Everybody knows it. Just like when we're trying to cure a disease, you have to put the money where your mouth's at. Yep. So please don't be skittish. Go check out the uh, booster page. Give what you can. And if you can't give any money, give all the support that you possibly can. Stay positive. Support Florida State. As always, y'all have a good one and go Knowles. Go Knowles.